In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good News for the City, the broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC. My name is Brian Bales. I am your host for this show right here on WAVA. But when you're not listening to this show on podcast or on the weekend and you want to connect with me, you could also connect with me at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia, where I have the privilege of being the lead pastor. But when I'm right here on WAVA, I get a chance to talk about, at maybe a little bit larger level, the importance about what it looks like to make a difference in the lives of people to show how it actually is the gospel that makes a way. Today, we're going to talk about, again, how it is that we can be involved in others' lives and show the truth of the gospel. But before we do this, I want to remind you of this moment. The book of Luke talks about this moment where Jesus comes into the synagogue and he opens up some ancient scrolls. And he reads the words, the prophet Isaiah. And this is what he says in Luke chapter four, verse 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, scripture, it makes it really clear that on Jesus' mission to advance the gospel into the word in the world. Rather, he said it's both to be done in word and in deed. And we often are people that can be people of the word or be people of the deed, but he calls us to be people of both. And this is the mission of the church. This is our call. And our guest today, he understands the both of this, and he's devoted his life to serving marginalized youth in some of the toughest areas in the uh, city of Washington, and, uh, believers He is laser-focused on including and reaching and seeking and saving the lost, but also meeting their most basic needs. So people are also then available and more readily available to consider the message of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I'm excited to have on our show today, pastor, brother, evangelist, Kevin Copeland, to talk about his work through the My Brothers and Sisters Keeper ministry and how you, our listeners, can get involved redeeming the lives of at-risk youth. So, Brother Copeland, thanks for being on the show today. Glad to have you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You know, I was reading your bio. You graduated from Anacostia High School. You attended Norfolk State University. And then you served for 28 years as a Metropolitan Police Detective. Uh, That's amazing. And also lets me know that I'm not going to be able to get one by you today on the show. You'll, you'll see it coming, right? Um, and you retired about six years ago, back in 2016, but you were a man that were doing several things at the same time because you were also married during that time. You, 20 years, your partner in life and ministry, Natasha, you have seven children. 
that are working in this outreach ministry. And you were called to the ministry of God. You didn't wait till after you were done in the one profession to start another one in many ways. But in 1999, you began teaching and preaching and sharing the gospel. And in back in 2006, you were led to start a multifaceted faith-based community outreach ministry that I just mentioned, the My Brothers and Sisters Keeper Initiative. And it's committed to providing spiritual and practical resources that empower individuals and communities to change. And, and you do this, and we're going to talk about this, because I love this, especially because you're a police officer, and you do In this a world now. Where good you're now patrolling for souls, right? Uh, it reminds right. you of that moment that's when right. Jesus called the disciples and said, you were fishing over here, and I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. Uh, he's teaching you how to patrol for souls in that way. And so, um, Brother Kevin, talk to us a little bit, and our listeners, and give us a sort of a glimpse into maybe your early childhood and how that influenced you about being raised by your grandmother in Anacostia and how there were some challenges and some joys and how now you're living out to make a difference in other kids' lives and people's lives who have those same joys and challenges. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I tell you, uh, my story is 57 years old. So, but I'm going to put it down in 24 minutes. All right. Uh, so basically growing up in Washington, DC, growing in Southeast, grandma raised me. Dad was, he was doing his thing. Mom was doing her thing, but grandma was there to keep me up. And, and she carried me through the whole process of growing up and learning uh, life. And through that part, part of learning life, uh, one day she said, you know, you can go to college if you apply yourself. And I said, really, I never thought I could go to college. And she said, if you apply yourself, you can go to college. And sure behold, grandma knows everything. Yeah. And sure behold, I sat down with my uh, counselors at Anacostia High School, told them what my grandma said. And she said, um, you can go to college and I want you to apply. And so I did apply and I applied at several schools. And next thing I know, I found myself in college. Mm. Um, and one thing I can look back upon when I look back over my life and my grandmother is now dead and gone, but she's with the Lord is that she taught me how to be responsible. And yeah. through responsibilities, I began to really focus uh, on what was next for me. And so after Norfolk State, uh, police department was hiring, Metropolitan, Pol Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C., they were hiring. I said, well, let mm -hmm. me apply. Never really thought about being in law enforcement, but uh -huh. needed a job, needed yeah. a job. And so I applied. And sure and behold, they selected me. There you and go. I said, can any good thing come out of Southeast? Um, you know, in the Bible, says any good thing come good out thing of come out. That's right. Uh, so, and certainly you're an example. Now, growing up, obviously, you talked a little bit about your experiences already, but you had some experiences attending a church as a child. But really, as I understand it, your relationship with Christ kind of started a little bit later after meeting Natasha, which I love this, right? Because there's a lot of men out there that will tell you that God used a beautiful woman that he brought into her life to show the greater beauty of God. Absolutely. And so uh, in that way, when you were interested in dating her, I think she said something like this, right? If, well, if you want to get to know me, I'm going to be at church. Come meet me there. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's a smart lady, right? Uh, put God first and he'll take care of the rest of that. Um, so for those people who may have heard you say things like this, can any good things come out of Anacostia? and not have any context for the Washington metro area or the neighborhoods in the Washington metro area? Maybe they're thought about 
the Washington metro area is just the mall or the monuments. There's so much more opportunity and challenges in that city. Why don't you paint a picture of the community environment that you grow up in the inner city uh, and now as well, that sort of environment and talk about how that influences both possibly for the positive, but also possibly for negative trajectories in the lives of youth. Absolutely. Well, during my youth, uh, I played sports. I played basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, that kept me out of trouble. Uh, but I had friends and those friends growing up in Southeast D.C., um, they made other decisions. They they wanted to be a part of different gangs and different neighborhood beefs and so on and so forth. But I was a ladies man. So my mm. thing was I wanted to do something different with my life. Um, but seeing that growing up around it, um, I was just one foot, one step away from being them in regards to the situation. A lot of them are either in jail today or, or have passed away. God bless their souls. Um, but the choices that I made really helped to mold me and shape me into who I am today and whose I am. And through that process of growing up in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, the crime rates and drugs and everything was there. Prostitution, all of it was there. All you had to do was step out your door. You can go left or right. And it was there. It was really about choices. Mm. You had to make some choices. And those choices could either land you in jail, land you in a um, grave site, or land you in college. And so mm -hmm. I made that decision, and it landed me in college. And a lot of those same choices still exist in those environments down in that area today. And we're going to talk about how you're trying to help people make better choices, most importantly about the greatest choice of following Jesus Christ for their life, but also in many, many other areas. But you have this story about how you had a teammate way back in the day in Taft Junior High School basketball squad and that you went opposite directions. But then later you came together in ministry, right, to mentor D.C. teens. What is that about? Wow. Uh, I didn't know you had that one. Uh, yes, an uh, individual and I, by the name of Paul Weinstock, he made some bad decisions in his life, and, and wow, he's doing wonderful now. But his decisions during uh, junior high school, he'll tell you, we have told the story on more than one occasion on different radio stations, and, uh, different podcasts. We have told this story about him and I playing basketball together, and we make it to the championship. And 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 after we uh, graduated, he went to uh, McKinley Tech, and I went to uh, Spingon, but then transferred to Anacostia. And he ended up becoming a drug dealer in the in the era of the '80s. And I continued to play sports. I went on to college, and then he ended up in jail. Mm. He did 25 years in jail, and then he was released uh, after Obama uh, pardoned a lot of the uh, men and women. When he was leaving office, he pardoned a lot of men and women who had done over 20 years in prison. Yeah, and then got eventually used you guys now together to work together, right? Is that what I understand correctly? Absolutely. So he came out, um, and then he started. A, he he actually started a nonprofit. And his mm -hmm. nonprofit was working with the youth in the community. And I was working with Reverend Isaac, um, which is a, a minister in Southeast D.C. And I was working with him, with his nonprofit, working with DYRS, working with the youth. And mm -hmm. he said, I got this individual by the name of Paul Weinstock who wants to partner with us. 
And you have you ever heard of him? And I said, Paul Weinstock. I said, yeah, I went to school with a Paul Weinstock. I know he was still in jail. Um, and he said, well, I'm going to do an interview and I want you to set in on it. Yeah. And I said, okay, not a problem. So sure behold, who comes walking through the door? Paul mm. Weinstock. Yeah, it's and amazing how built- God... Go ahead. And and when he walked through the door, we first thing we did was embrace each other. Um, and then we began to talk about and reminisce about the times we, you know, spent in junior high school playing ball mm-hmm. together. And then he yeah. then shared with me his experiences and what he had been through for his jail and how he got out. Yeah. And it's amazing how God and his sovereignty weaves lives back and forth. And there's nothing that has happened in our past. Uh, whether self-inflicted or happen from the world around us and the brokenness that we live in, that God then can't take and still use in some ways to make a difference if we allow them to do that. And and so I, I love that. That's why I kind of wanted to hear that story. Now for you, you know, you have a couple different experiences from the standpoint of you grew up in your particular community there. Uh, you experiences as, as a citizen, but then also you experiences as someone who was on the police force. And uh, we didn't have time to talk about all your illustrious career in the career in the police force, but you spent a lot of time uh, in sort of high power jump out squads, swarming corners to seize guns, drugs, money, investigating all kinds of things. From that opportunity that you had to be on the police force and understanding what it meant to make a difference in your community by policing. What did you learn that eventually influenced how you understand a community and what it needs? And then as you move forward in this next stage and how you led my brothers, sisters and keepers? Well, you know, that tender of, of say, 10 years of being on the police department, that's that's what we were taught to do. Um, as I you spoke elegantly in t- uh, 1999, I met my wife, Natasha. And 1999 is when it started for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I began to look at the community differently because I, be- I gave my life to Christ. And when I gave my life to Christ, he opened my eyes and he opened my ears that I may see and hear from him. And during that process of working for the police department and working and serving in the kingdom, I asked God one day, I said, Lord, what can I do differently to mm-hmm. help and to encourage um, and God began to speak to my heart. And we know as ministers, pastors, evangelists, elders, that he'll speak to you in pieces. He'll send people in your life. He, it's not all done in a moment. Mm-hmm. It's done over the years. And over the years, he began to speak to me. And we went out to the community. Um, he said, go. And I said, okay, Lord, where am I going? Go back to where you grew up at, Southeast D.C. and Anacostia. Go back. And go back where? And he began to just open up doors for us. We began to walk through those doors. Uh, We began to build relationships. We began ministry. So we began to stand on corners with my wife, my kids, uh, other volunteers. We would go out, preach the gospel on the corners. Souls were being saved on the corner. Lives Mm. were being changed on the corner. And God was getting all the glory. He got all the glory out of it. People began to see what we were doing in the community. Um, uh, Operation Hope Center, which is a center that helps um, young adults to provide jobs and certification. They saw what we were doing on the corners and they began to open their doors up to us and say, you guys come on in and you can work from here. And that's where it all started for us in 1999. Brothers and Sisters Keeper Outreach when it came to 
really serving the community. And it's amazing how God gives us what we need when we need. Because maybe when it first started back in 1999, it would have been difficult for you to imagine actually leaving the police force to go do this in a full-time capacity. But that's what God had for you eventually in that time. And so we've said several times, I, my brothers and sisters, keep sisters keeper ministry. Um, provide a snapshot of what actually that ministry looks like, what you do and what it is doing. Well, of course. Um, so again, Brothers and Sisters Keeper Outreach is a ministry that full of evangelists. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been told to go, to go to preach the, co- preach the gospel. Um, our whole goal, our whole goal was winning souls for Christ, transformation, mm-hmm. renewing of minds and hearts, providing resources to the community. One of the things I realized when we went out, the very first day we went out and we began to share Jesus with others, there were needs in the community and people began to talk about certain needs. They had children, a lot of single moms we encountered out on the streets walking with the kids and they would stop and talk to us and find out if we had different resources to help. And we realized that this is our first year out there that we need to have resources mm-hmm. because it's one thing to share the gospel and be able and people to hear from Jesus. But it's another thing to feed them. When I was yeah. hungry, did you feed me? When I was mm-hmm. naked, did you clothe me? These are the great commissions. These were the commissions that were given to us to go into the communities. And as we went, we began to build resources because we knew there was a great need. And one of our resourcers were McLean Bible Church in McLean, Virginia. Yeah. Um, Pastor Dale Sutherland, I, my hat's off to him and Code 3 and all of the things that they have done to help Brothers and Sisters Keeper become who we are today when it comes to providing resources to the community. Yeah. And so, you know, for people thinking about this, I think they need to kind of put themselves in this scenario of the hope that people need. And then people who, who don't necessarily have to be givers of hope, but rather people who go and live out exactly what Jesus called us to show up in that moment. What sort of difference does it make? I mean, maybe I'll put it this way. I love how you say your mission is to patrol for souls. Uh, Tell us a story. Our listeners love to hear stories of what happens when you patrol for souls and you were able to connect in the lives of youth and, and things that have changed in their lives. Sure. Well, in uniform, when I was working for the police department, there were times where I would find myself at um, a call for services. And there were times where I found myself going into someone's home and being an advocate in some sort of way. And being that advocate, I began to share Jesus with men and women inside that home to encourage them and to help them to understand that it doesn't have to be this way. Uh, Mm. Most times I I advise them to help me to help you. And how do I do that? Well, I began to share Jesus. And how did that work out? It worked out really well because people didn't know what love looks like. Um, A lot of times it was really the Bible says, go out, preach the gospel. Well, what do you do? Do it in what? Do it in love. And And when you're in uniform and you're sharing gospel and people are now listening and they're hearing from you. And they're asking you, well, what church you go to? I want to take, right. I want to come to your church because what you're saying is really true. And we needed to hear this. Um, that's how it really started for us. Uh, patrolling for souls. Uh, Jesus speaking to my heart. 
Yeah. So I want to go back to this moment where you talk about you come in and you begin to make a difference and you're showing love for people. Do you discover that sometimes people who've not been loved well kind of feel like this is too good to be true? Like, is there a catch to this? Uh, Is there a bait and switch? (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Absolutely. There have been pushbacks, but not a lot because they know your heart. They see it in your face. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking for love, But sometimes we look for love in all the wrong places. But when you have somebody coming into your home and telling you some positive things or you're out on the street or on a traffic stop and you sharing Jesus with others and and encouraging them and giving them verbal warnings and things like that. And they know and that has never happened to them. That changes people's mindset. Yeah. And so now, obviously, you're not in the police force anymore. You're doing this. Uh, outside of the police force, anything particularly changed about how you approach children, how you approach kids, youth, young adults to make a difference? Well, the youth. Uh, One of the things that I realized that we had to uh, find a way to communicate better with the youth, meet them where they are, find out what their needs were, because their needs were totally different than adults. And Mm -hmm. once we began to find out, uh, I said, Lord, I want to start a mentoring program. So I started a mentoring program while I was still on the police department. And I began to go into the schools and mentor to the youth. This was on my time, not on police time, but on my time, I began to mentor with the youth. And we and that's how we were able to reach families as well, because Mm -hmm. we mentored the youth at school. Of course, you had to talk to the families. Then once again, you found out what the needs were in the homes. You met the needs. And then you were able to share Jesus and souls were being saved and lives were being changed as a result. And one of the ways you have the opportunity to meet needs actually is coming up this summer. You have this thing called the You Matter Summer Camp, and that's specifically designed for ages 11 through 15. That very unique, very um, key age demographic where a lot of choices are made in young adults life. You have this coming up. Could you share some details with the listeners about if they want to know more about how they can get involved Uh, and support, because this is a free camp for kids who attend Title I schools in D.C., so it needs some support, right? That's absolutely. So uh, we had a camp, uh, we started a camp in 2019 down at Anacostia High School. Look what God will do. He'll send you back where you grew up at, and he sent me back down to Anacostia High School where I graduated from, Mm -hmm. and we were able to partner with Anacostia High School to start a summer camp in 2019. It was very Mm -hmm. successful. RSN Sports, we had different entities that were part of the program, uh, Metropolitan Police Department. Um, we had different folks who were helping volunteering. And so with that said, um, with that program, we began to say in 2022, let's start another program. And so in 2022, we have started the UMATA program. It starts June the 27th to August the 19th. It, mm-hmm. As you said, it starts the ages of 10 to 15 because the kids are very vulnerable at that time and really in a position to make real, real life decisions. Um, it's a free camp. And again, we're, we're targeting individuals in Southeast D.C., um, activities, swimming, basketball, field trips, uh, soccer, esports. Uh, we're taking field trips. Um, one of our partners, Code 3, who's helped us and is helping right now as we speak. Yeah. And if you would like to know how you can donate to make that happen, you can go to the show notes. That'll be up on goodnewsforthecity.com. And just a little bit after this, you watch this program, or maybe you're already listening to it on podcast. You can click right there. It'll tell you how to make those uh, donations there to make a difference in the lives uh, of kids. Brother Kevin Copeland, thank you for your time. I know that many people want to then have an opportunity to talk to you personally. So if you've been listening today, you've been hearing 
about this opportunity to get involved with Brothers and Sisters Keeper Outreach Ministry or you want to support the You Matter Summer Camp, you can reach him directly in several different ways. First off, you can reach him at the email that's copelands, plural, C-O-P-E-L-A-N-D-S 77 at AOL.com. You can also email him at brothersandsisterskeeper365 at gmail.com. But if you just want to hit his phone up, he's given out his phone number. This is how much he cares about we're connecting with you and connecting with kids and making a difference. You can call him at 202-528-2668. That's 202-528-2668. And of course, if you heard anything on the show today that you would like to talk to Wave about, you can send him an email at comment at wava.com. They'll get back to you. Or if you'd like to talk to me, help me get you connected with Brother Kevin or get you connected with other ways to get involved here in the Washington metro area, I would love to talk to you. You can call me at the number at the church at Christian Fellowship in Ashburn, 703-729-3900. That's 703-729-3900. Brother Kevin, thanks for being in the show. Thanks for living out the truth and the example that we say every week. It's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.